You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio wherever you get your podcasts. Introducing Under Armour's Infinity High Sports Bra. Its ergonomic design is molded to support the natural movement of your body. With cord-out padding, the better breathability eliminates extra bulk without sacrificing support. And quick-dry padding is Under Armour's fastest-drying padding yet. When you're lifting heavy, running fast, and pushing yourself further than ever before, you need a bra that will help you go that extra mile and make you feel your best. Shop the Infinity High Sports Bra now at UA.com. This is the Yanks Go Yard Podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Welcome to another episode of the Yanks Go Yard Podcast. I'm Adam Weinrib alongside Thomas Carinante. You Darvish got traded for 18-year-old circus peanuts. Trevor Bauer is back at it causing a stir online. What day is it? What year is it? And Blake Snell trolls the Rays on the way out and proves how he felt about them all along. Folks, make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you do get your podcasts, your Yankees podcasts specifically. We are not in the politics folder. We are Yankees specific, so that's where you're going to look. Make sure to drop us a five-star review and a mailbag question in that review if you want us talking about it in future episodes. Because, folks, we're spinning our wheels a lot. Uh, This is a bleak winter so far. Uh, Thomas, how's everything going? How you doing? Did you want you Darvish? Uh, are you settled after that trade went down? And, and, and the Padres though, it's, it's fine if the Padres are good, right? We don't really care. Yeah. I mean, I'm good. Things are good. I'm feeling good, I guess. Uh, would have loved to see the Yankees get Darvish. You know, we had talked about that weeks back when we kind of had the idea that the Cubs were doing some sort of a sell-off. I think this is fun for the Padres. You know, this has been A.J. Preller's M.O. ever since he left Texas. He came to San Diego, and he's been wheeling and dealing ever since. Uh, I'd like to venture to say, hey, you know what I was just thinking? No. He traded Trey Turner in that three-team deal with the Nats and the Rays. Like, what happens if he doesn't do that? 
are the Padres on a closer track to a title because they didn't have to do all the other heavy lifting after fucking up that deal. But then you have Tatis, but then do you ever make that James Shields trade? I, I don't know. I don't but know. Crazy things to think about. A.J. Preller, Wheeler and Dealer. Uh, looks like it's all coming together for him. He gets Blake Snell. He gets you Darvish. He pays essentially. He, he, does, he gives up one top 100 prospect for both of those guys. Whether you look at either of them and think that they're among the best in the uh, in Major League Baseball, that's one thing. I don't necessarily think Blake Snell is, but I would take him on my team. Um, I think you Darvish is better than Blake Snell. Uh, and that was kind of the move that I thought the Yankees would potentially want to make. It didn't cost a lot. If we look at the equivalent of what the Padres surrendered, they sent over – Zach Davies, a major league pitcher who's nothing special. A Jordan um, Montgomery type. Yeah. Uh, I, I, yeah, I'd venture to say Jordan Montgomery is probably better. Yeah. You think? Yeah. And then they sent over the number 11, 13, 15, and 16 prospects. They were uh, – two of them were 18 years old. One was 19. One was 20. That would have been the equivalent of the Yankees trading Luis Medina, Kevin Alcantara, Miguel Yahore, and Anthony Siegler. Do you do that deal? I do it nine out of 10 times. Um, the only thing here is that Darvish has three years and 59 million left. The Cubs sent over 3 million to the Padres. So it's really three years and 56 million. And you can see how dark the days are getting here because teams are selling off debt for nothing. If you are going to sit there and you're going to tell me you're not going to trade your number 11, 13, 15, and 16 prospects for you Darvish who very clearly returned to ace form. I, look, I know it was a shortened season. I know it was only 12 starts, but it's very clear his elbow issues are in the past. That was holding him back for the last couple of years. Um, we've always known what this guy is capable of. He came over from Japan and immediately was in the spotlight with the Rangers and has had a very good career as a starter. He's got five, six pitches. He's always you know, changing things up. He's got tremendous movement. He's got a blazing fastball. I thought this was a great number two to have behind Garrett Cole. I know it's a tad pricey, but – you just pay J-Hap $17 million a year. Like, Darvish would be $19 million a year in this scenario. Why is this not the move? I, I thought it would have been – this would have been the perfect way to get Yankees fans off your back. I'm talking to you, the front office. Um, and I don't know what's – I don't know if they were involved. We have no real knowledge or uh, intel on that. But if the Cubs are doing this, then you got to think some other guys are available for the Yankees taking, right? You, I mean, yeah, the, all the Padres did was just a, the Padres did the old clean out the middle of the farm system thing. Yeah. Oh, you, you want 11, 13, 15, 16. Great. How many more do you, you want? 18. We'll, we'll <laughs> do that too. I mean, and the money they got was negligible. You know, no one's life is going to be changed by the $3 million. The, the difference between the Yankees waiting into the pool and not waiting into the pool is clearly the contract. Although Blake Snell's escalator was very similar See, now I feel like it is fair to get on the Yankees a little bit. Not that I'm saying they, they absolutely must trade for you, Darvish. Family. It looks a little different for everyone. For some, it's mom and dad. For others, roommates who feel like family. And for others, it's your significant other, their golfing buddies, your children, a high school soccer team starting lineup, and oh look, they're all taking you up on the offer to stay for dinner. Really testing the limits of that phrase, the more the merrier. But no matter where you call home, GEICO makes it easy to bundle and save on home and car insurance. Easier than making three frozen pizzas and assorted frozen veggies into a cohesive meal. And every offseason, they have to get three big names, and they should look in the mirror every time their season ends and go, what three superstars can we obtain? And if we don't, it's an abject failure. 
But the first real domino to fall is Blake Snell, right? And so it's fair to be somewhat surprised by that and to go and to be shocked into going, oh, wait, we can, we can make moves. People are, people are making moves again. That's, that's legal now. You can make trades. But <laughs> the Yankees were under no circumstances going to be a, a player in the Blake Snell trade ever and no. imagine just imagine a universe in which the Rays trade Blake Never Snell to the Yankees which is basically I mean they could sign him in three years that wouldn't stun me yeah. um especially because he'd be older and that would fit their MO spectacularly <laughs> um but like the Red Sox aren't trading Chris Sale or Rafael Devers to the Yankees the Rays are on the same level they're not trading Blake Snell to the Yankees the Jays aren't trading Bo Bichette to the Yankees the Orioles would probably trade you anybody if you really if you ask nicely <laughs> enough but the other American League East teams that are competitive are not going to help the Yankees in any capacity. If the Pirates won't help the Yankees, the Rays aren't going to help the Yankees. So a Blake Snell trade signaled nothing to me other than like, whoa, that's pretty cool. Like Blake Snell's out of the AL East. But at no point during the Blake Snell talks was I like, that's all the Padres gave up? We couldn't match that? What the hell? Which is sort of like Yankees Twitter's default reaction whenever a deal goes down and the Yankees aren't mentioned. It's like, wait, what the heck? We couldn't do – wait, what the hell? We couldn't do that? Um, and in this scenario, we absolutely couldn't do that. Like, we would have had to, we would have had to offer Davey Garcia and Clark Schmidt for, for Blake Snell. For at least. To get in the conversation. So, the Snell thing did nothing to me other than, like, make me annoyed about the direction of the Rays and, and their existence. Yeah. By the way, we're forgetting Brendan McKay and Brent Honeywell, too. Like, they are going to plug and play two top prospects. Shit. So congrats to They're them. They're both coming off uh, elbow injuries though, right? Yeah, but I'm sure, you know, elbow elbow injuries is like getting a vaccine these days. Like that's <laughs> Tommy um, John is just the flu vaccine. Tommy John is just the flu shot. You got to get it every year. Got to update it because <laughs> a new strain of arm problem. Um, but once I saw the Darvish return, I think it was actually fair to go. We couldn't, we couldn't do that. We couldn't match that. Uh, it, just a bunch of teenagers. And like you said, it, it's obviously the middle of the Yankees farm system isn't as strong as the middle of the Padres farm system. But Kevin Alcantara and, and Luis Medina, these kids, really are pretty accurate representations of who the Yankees would have to give up in that scenario. And I just, you know, you look at the people the Padres have traded, you look at how cautious the Yankees have been in holding on to their top prospects and even their mid-range prospects. You look at all the people the Padres have traded in the past, like, year and a half or so and it's like a 65 person list and it's just a bunch of people from that meaty middle they've kept six of their seven top prospects which is crazy they traded josh naylor and that's pretty much the only person of consequence from the major league roster unless you love austin hedges like and they still have you know morahone uh mackenzie gore Ryan Weathers, who pitched a little bit last year, David Weatherson, who throws like 102. Like, there are people who are going to help the Padres rotation in the next two years who are prospects they've kept. They gave away exactly one of them. So when we talk about being proactive versus being reactive, we need to have the Yankees be more willing and able to clear out the middle of their prospect capital or even clear out chunks in bulk because that's what the Padres are doing, and they haven't really lost much of substance. Um, the, the other thing I just... You know, you, you watch uh, someone like Darvish land in San Diego and then someone like Snell went there a day before and the Padres also signed Ha-Sung Kim out of the Korean League, this power-hitting middle infielder. Um, you know, in 2022, they're going to have prospects overflowing from their rotation and Mike Clevenger comes back. They've got all these ace types in there and they're, they're going to struggle to find room for a Gore or a Morihone. And, and already... Kim plays short and third base, two positions occupied by Fernando uh, Tatis Jr. and Manny Machado. 
um, and they're going to have to like wedge him in somewhere. And he just wants to play for a winning team. And the Padres notably said, you know, we, we made that deal. We, we signed Kim because we like good baseball players and good baseball players figure out a position to play baseball. Eventually, like we, we will make room for talent. And that's what we've been so on the Yankees to do. And that's what they did when they signed DJ LeMahieu, who we, we talk about over and over again, was not a starter when he arrived prior to 2019. It's okay to sign people who aren't supposed to be starters or who are maybe supposed to play 100 games. And if they play well enough, they'll earn themselves playing time. So I'm annoyed the Yankees didn't go into the, not even the deep end, the mid-range deep end to go get Darvish. But I'm more annoyed that the Padres just seem to be the only team that gets it that you can add player and add players and add players. If you have the capacity to do so, you will eventually find room for all of them. It's better to have more talent than less talent. So sitting on someone like Tyler Wade and saying, we already have the 25th man on the roster occupied. We're good. You can always upgrade and you can always find more talent to play different positions and things will work themselves out. Yeah. And look, AJ Preller, definitely an aggressive, fun GM. Um, everyone's bowing down to him right now. Uh, I, I think what he's done is admirable, but remember he's been here like six years. This has not been an easy experiment for him whatsoever. A lot of trades that, you know, the Padres have fallen flat on their face with the correct number of people he's traded in the past two years, I think was 29. So it, it is insane. He's mm, it's 75. I think. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's 80. 29 dudes changing organizations. It's, it's absolutely mental. And that's how he, he doesn't sleep. The guy doesn't sleep. That's all. That's all you hear about him. It's like, Oh, you know, Adrian Paul. Yeah. The guy doesn't sleep. Nope. That's him. Um, but the, the reason why uh, this is disappointing from the Yankees perspective is because you look at farm systems and you can, I mean, you, you can argue the answer is that, a farm system is much more valuable to a franchise like the San Diego Padres than it is to the New York Yankees. And the fact of the matter is, is because the Padres historically have never been a free agent destination. Call Manny Machado what you want a couple of years ago, but if we're going to really, you know, get to the, the, the center of that, it's because nobody really wanted to offer him 300 over $300 million. And the Padres were like, Hey, you know what? Let's do it. We already got Hosmer. We have a promising young core. Let's see what happens. And that ended up, it ended up fairly working out for them. We'll see what happens for, you know, the middle of Machado's contract, which is going to be the most important, but for a team like the Padres who absolutely need a top farm system in order to succeed and stay competitive. And then for a team like the Yankees who don't need prospects like, Oh, am I getting, is it a hot take? If I say the Yankees technically don't really need prospects five through 20, like they can trade all (laughs) Like Get you just don't, you don't need them. them. You can keep your top four and then you can have some back end guy. Look at all these guys that are blocked. They have a, they have a plethora of outfield prospects. They have a plethora of pitching prospects. They have some middle infield prospects. Where are those guys going? Those guys are not playing in the Bronx in the next three years. If we're going to look, if we're going to look at it with a safe estimate. So why are we not? Why, why are we not emptying the clip right now? The Yankees draft well, so it's not like, you know, you have three drafts to replenish what you're going to splurge in the next year or two. Yankees championship window is obviously this year. Next year are the two, two prime windows because we don't know what's going to happen with Aaron Judge after uh, 2022. And then if Gary Sanchez doesn't have a good 2021, you have to venture he's gone. So then you're going to have another turnover at a, a significant position. Um, and then you have the question of Glaber Torres' future. So if they don't, I, I just don't know what they're entirely waiting for because 
I don't know how much more to emphasize it that the Yankees, on top of having a very good scouting department and a player development department and, you know, uh, whatever, whatever goes into the drafting, I don't know. They, they know how to, they know how to pluck the talent out of there. The fact that they're not going to, the fact that they're not going to at least insert themselves into these deals and try to trade talented guys that they have a surplus of. I don't, I don't know what else the point is. Like you're just going to, this is, in my opinion, it's prospect hugging. Why, why do you need prospect pitchers seven through 10 when you have Davey Garcia and Clark Schmidt knocking at the door, you have uh, Jordan Montgomery up there and then you have Luis Severino hopefully coming back. And then you're, you're confident in Domingo Herman. So what do you need three other, what do you need three other pitching prospects for if, this is the crew that you're going to roll with. I understand injuries happen and um, you need to make adjustments in the event. Someone's not very good, but to have this many, this, this much of an insurance policy. And then on top of that, the Yankees don't even develop pitchers that well. So uh, hanging on to these guys and you don't really know what you're going to get out of them because a, they're not going to hit the major league level really anytime soon. And B you're not that great at maximizing their talent trade them for somebody like Darvish who you could just throw out there and not even worry about and when he's pitching a game. Great. Darvish is pitching. You have Garrett Cole and you Darvish at the top of the rotation. Then you can worry about three through five and the pitching coach can handle that stuff. I, I don't know. I, I think it's clear that uh, farm systems are much more valuable to other franchises and the fact that the Padres are doing something like this and succeeding and keeping their top prospects is kind of an embarrassment to, to, to bigger teams like the Yankees. Yeah, look what we did with Estefan Floreal, who we held on to long enough yeah. to watch him get injured and to never... At Progressive, you can get 24-7 protection, even if you break the space-time continuum. We did it. We time-traveled to yesterday. Wait, Progressive covers us 24-7, but we just created an eight-day week, and it's 24-7 coverage, not 24-8. We gotta go back. Are you joking right now? Shh, I'm calling them. Hi, I have a question about time travel. Progressive offers more than a great price when you bundle home and auto. We offer round-the-clock protection, which literally means anytime. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Adjust to the higher levels of breaking balls. Great. Um, and now he's still a top 10 prospect, but he could have been the centerpiece of a package two or three years ago. We are going to take a quick break when we come back. Talking Trevor Bauer and Blake Now We're just having fun with these guys. Stick around. Welcome back to the Inks Go Yard podcast. Another uh, a quick thing before we get to Bauer and, and uh, Blake Snell, our friends. Uh, quick mailbag question from Josh, who, who writes in in the U Darvish conversation. Um, does a Darvish trade, you know, it, it's happened. The Cubs are starting to strip parts bare. We've talked about a Kyle Hendricks trade as sort of the Yankees' big swing. Do you start entertaining that thought a little more realistically now that, that Darvish is gone and the, and the Cubs seem ready and willing to surrender assets and surrender assets without a top hundred prospect on the other end. Now I'm sure Hendricks would cost a top hundred prospect. And I'm sure that maybe if you say wanted to add Luke Voigt into a Chris Bryant trade with, you know, Bryant and Hendricks that could start to get really expensive. Um, but you know, is Hendricks more, more pliable or are we more likely to get him now than we were a week ago? We've got mail, baby. Thank you, Josh. Love the snail mail. Um, what do I think? No, I think that this, I think what we've been seeing is that they're, Bryant's gone. It's just a matter of when, and it's just a matter of uh, placating another team to take on his $20 million salary or whatever it is. That's what we just saw with Darvish. It was probably a lot of back and forth, and then the Cubs settled on those 
prospects that they wanted. And then, the, and then the Padres are like, great, send us 3 million deals done. So uh, Brian's going to be a little bit more complicated because he's a free agent after next year. They're already talking reportedly about dealing Wilson Contreras. So you could tell that the shop's open. Um, the only buzz that we've heard positively out of the Cubs is that they could potentially be talking a contract extension with Javier Baez. Um, I don't see any reason for them to keep Kyle Hendricks aside from remaining somewhat competitive. So people actually attend games next year and the year after, I don't think this would come cheap. He's making 14 million a year through 2023, which is nothing for a guy of his caliber. Um, and then he has a vesting option for 16 million in 2024, which is still his age 34 season. And the style of pitching that Hendricks has certainly bodes well for his mid to late thirties. Um, I don't think this would be cheap. I think that this would be in the Davy Clark Schmidt. I think maybe you could even say Jason Dominguez. That would be the only guy, you know, that if you, if the Cubs are really had the balls to ask for Jason Dominguez, I think it would be a Jason Dominguez for Kyle Hendricks swap. And then that would put the Yankees on track to do exactly what they want to do with this world series window. Uh, people would be against that. I don't know if I would be against that or not, but it's not, it wouldn't be cheap. It would cost at least multiple top 10 prospects given what he's making. And obviously his track record, he has a much cleaner track record in recent years than Darvish has. He dealt with uh, Darvish dealt with the elbow injuries, a lot of inconsistency, uh, trouble with locating Hendricks has been pinpoint accurate, very efficient, deep into games, tons of playoff experience. He pitched game seven of the world series. Um, you know, this this is not going to be cheap for the Yankees. I think this is the one asset. I think, honestly, Anthony Rizzo and Kyle Hendricks are the two assets that the Cubs are really going to try to try to get the most out of if they're indeed willing to trade them. Not sure they're willing to trade them. I think the next to go are Contreras and Bryant, and then they're going to evaluate their situation. Because who knows, maybe they get some guys back for Contreras and Bryant that they can immediately plug in, and who maybe they're competitive. I don't know, but I don't think Hendricks is cheap. Yeah, it's funny. I feel like you give up Dominguez for Hendricks and then a bunch of people are like, come on, what are you doing? The most exciting yeah. player for that guy. And then suddenly Hendricks is throwing eight shutout innings yep. in game two of the World Series. And it's like, oh, well, actually, that's pretty valuable. Um, side note, how annoyed are the Rays that Wilson Contreras is on the market now that they've already committed to Mike Zanino again? Yep. That feels oh, like man. such a perfect use of their prospect capital. And they're like, ah, I'm, Mike, do you want to unsign? The, oh, you signed in pencil. Oh, man, what a bummer <laughs> for you. Uh, erased. Okay, let's, uh, let's get into the fun stuff. Uh, Trevor Bauer is, is causing trouble again, and, and this is a personal pet peeve of both yours and mine. So we, we couldn't do this podcast without, without once again touching on Trevor Bauer, who has never seen, you know, he's the, he's the most easily baited man on Twitter, which like, so am I. You can get me to fight you, but I'm not asking for $35 million to pitch for your baseball team this year. And also, it's a flaw in my character that like, I'd like to solve. I'd like to stop fighting people on Twitter. It would feel really good if I stopped doing that. Trevor Bauer, it feels really good for him to do that. So that all of us are at this point used to you. We're used to the way the baseball offseason works. Someone like John Heyman tweets something kind of innocuous about a, a person's ask or monetary requirements or conversations with various teams just to keep the conversation going. Often it comes from an agent's mouth to his ears but it's just sort of talking. We're at the point of the offseason where we are just throwing tweets out there that include information from weeks ago or speculation or gibberish just to sort of further the talks. And, and you pop in a couple times a day and you go, I heard such and such is asking for something. I heard the Dodgers are asking about DJ LeMahieu. Let's see how that materializes. And it's just 
It's just 180 characters, and it says next to nothing. And John Heyman on Tuesday tweeted, you know, Bauer's asking for 35 to $40 million annually. His agent has no comment. Um, and Bauer just took that as an affront to society. Bauer just saw that as like a glove slap in the Renaissance period where he was challenged to a duel by John Heyman just talking normal contract talks. And Bauer went all Twitter troll on him like, oh, Johnny boy. Oh, I guess if you want to talk contract figures, mayhap someday we can talk about the real ones, sir. And by the way, your agent actually has to not comment for it to be a no comment. And then his agent showed up saying, I just landed from a plane trip with someone asking about me. At some point, can we just agree that when these people sign, we never entertain their brand ever again? It's not our fault that they chose to disrupt the baseball offseason in the most boring baseball offseason in history. And so now their disruption has gone from asking for giant one-year deals to just bothering John Heyman on Twitter. But once Bauer signs, like, can we agree just a great pitcher who – who we don't need this sort of like Trumpian whataboutism Twitter argument from about everything. This, this guy won the, the most entertaining baseball Twitter account, and I, I don't get it. Uh, cool. I mean, I guess younger generations think it's cool that you're calling out reporters. Uh, yeah, fake it, news. It's, I mean, news yeah, cool. Fake, fake now, news, so. dude. Yeah, because the, no other player has ever dealt with an erroneous before report before and no other what other high profile player do you see on social media calling out reports the the answer is zero um i would love to see garrett cole on twitter last year refuting some john Heyman bullshit about his speculated contract that that would that would be something instead we have trevor bauer doing it who's the exact personality who wants to do it and if you're asking me i'm not an old fart I'm not a billionaire, but I can assure you that this is dissuading teams from wanting to bring him in because this is just annoying. And everybody knows if you've been alive for long enough to know how the baseball offseason operates, there's chatter between different people. People lie and people tell reporters erroneous stuff and wrong stuff gets out there. Do, do you think anybody's anybody is reading John Heyman's tweet and is like, wow, Trevor Bauer, how dare he ask for $200 million? And then like, that's going to cause some sort of ripple effect that destroys Bauer's character on social media. Absolutely not. Most people know John Heyman doesn't have the most correct information every single time. And everybody already knows Bauer's probably looking for a ton of money anyway. So this doesn't even surprise anyone. And the fact that First of all, oh, Rachel Luba didn't de- didn't officially decline to talk, according to Bauer. Yeah, because she's too busy taking selfies, a- advertisement selfies with a bottle of wine and uh, and you know a Christmas ornament to you know because they're because that's their brand. They're making money elsewhere. We're the cool hip new guys in town, and we're gonna change baseball. Great, dude. No, literally nobody cares. Side note: If Bauer is looking for Garrett Cole money, he can take a hike and never come back because. But first of all, John Heyman had the balls to say that Bauer's coming off a brilliant Cy Young season. He made 11 starts, 11 starts. That is one third of any other regular normal season. So it was not a brilliant Cy Young campaign. If you throw 22 more starts in there, he does not maintain a 1.73 ERA and 0.80 whip. It doesn't happen. He had a great year for the circumstances. Sure, that's not being taken away from him. But 
an 11 start. To, and this is why baseball is so annoying to me now because it's a, it's a what have you done for me lately sport. You can have 11 great starts and look like, you know, Justin Verlander, and then all of a sudden you're worth $300 million. Or you can have a crappy first half of the season because you're dealing with a nagging injury or your, your team is trash. And then, you know, you're getting traded for uh, uh, two, two uh, top 30, pro, two, you know, someone in the top 30 of uh, the prospect pool. So the, the evaluation of players is, is just so out of whack in how we, in, in how we diagnose their performances. Historic, the, the, the whole thing with baseball is you look at it from a long-term outlook. Bowers 11 starts, great. Every season before that, not really not great. Does he have the potential? Sure. But he's not a 36 to $40 million a year pitcher. I would give him maybe a $40 million deal over the course of two or three years. So you can grab his prime years, pay him the most, and then say, get the hell out of here after a certain point in time. Um, but, I mean, th- this, this brand of whatever this new school attempt at you know, overthrowing the status quo in baseball is, is infuriating. I'm not even an old school baseball guy. I just, I just don't like whatever this is trying to be calling out people on Twitter. Like you said, what if ism or whatever, whatever it was like questioning every single thing, trying to be at the forefront of every single discussion, inserting yourself. If you're inserting yourself in this discussion, it means that you clearly are feeling slighted by something. It doesn't mean, Oh, Oh, that guy's wrong. I have to call him out. No, you call out everybody, so you feel slighted about something on at every turn. It feels like. Um, and well, anyway, it's funny because just imagine, like, you know, I'm all for we're all for player empowerment, but like, you can make money without agitating. Like Garrett Cole was silent all offseason and made three hundred twenty-four million dollars. That's yeah. awesome. You can make a you can get a huge contract just by being yourself for an, for an extended period of time and proving that the body of work is there. You want to talk about Bauer's, you know, short season. By the way, he made it perfectly clear uh, last year or the year prior that he knew what was going on in Houston with the pitchers and their spin rates increasing, and he knew exactly how the Astros pitchers were manipulating the ball using controlled substances. And he basically laid it out on Twitter and said, I know what Houston's doing. I know exactly what they're doing. And it can increase your spin rate from X to Y within, you know, one, one month of using it. And then the next year he's got that spin rate increase. So he spent the 60-game season cheating. Uh, and it's okay. Apparently, it's sanctioned by Major League Baseball. But there's a reason his 60-game season was so brilliant, and it's because he was cheating in the exact way the Astros were cheating, which he laid out piece by piece and, and then clearly did. Um, you know, and, and it's just such a – he's aggravated over such a small thing. Uh, he's screaming about people saying he wants $35 million to $40 million. When he gets $32 million, is he really going to come back and go, fake news, you said I wanted $3 million more than I got. Ha, in your face. That proves it. Like, it's just – it's arguing over the tiniest little morsels. Uh, now, can we briefly just talk about someone who we all like, who we like a lot more, in Blake Snell, who, who took the right shots at the Tampa Bay Rays after leaving uh, in a trade to the Padres. He finally just came out and said what we'd all been waiting for him to say for a while, which was that he hopes to get deeper into games now and explore the, the further reaches uh, of, you know, his strength and, and what he has. Do you have that quote ready? Do, do yeah, you read that I do. Quote off? Yeah. From Andy McCullough of The Athletic, Blake Snell said he's looking forward to going a third time through the batting order with San Diego. He wants to try to finish games so he can, quote, really challenge myself and see how really good I am, he said. Me too, Blake. Me too. Although not in the World Series specifically because I very much wanted the Dodgers 
to beat you. But now I can't wait to see what you're capable of. Um, and it's, it, that's just funny to me because of all the people who said that that didn't affect the, the motion of the trade wins yeah. or any of the conversations escalating. And then yep. it was, you know, it's mostly monetary. I'm sure it, the Rays were probably itching to get out of this contract the second it escalated. And it's mostly embarrassing for baseball. And I doubt Blake Snell demanded a trade. But if you're telling me he and Kevin Cash were A-OK fine after the World Series incident, you are wrong. And this proves it beyond a shadow of a doubt. I mean, all you had to do was see Blake Snell's reaction on the mound. How many snapshots <laughs> or video clips do you need to know that he was not happy? All and the Getty that... images in the world. Of yeah, him all, yeah. Fuck! Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking cash. Screaming, dude. Like, it was so obvious. He, the, you probably heard him 30 rows up at uh, Globe Life Park. That anger doesn't go away. That was the World Series, and that was the game to keep the Rays alive and force a Game 7, and then – you have the Dodgers on their heels and you have a pretty stacked pitching staff. So anything can happen in a do or die game seven. That, that, that anger and disappointment is not just going to dissipate over the course of six weeks. And then we caught wind of, Oh, Blake Snell heard that the Rays wanted to trade him. He actually has no animosity towards the franchise and he's totally okay with the pitching decision. And he would actually like to remain array through the you know life of his contract, maybe even longer. No, that was, I mean, how, how, how much of a lie could that be? Why would you want to remain a – you know you're being held – and we talked about this. We don't know – I don't know if Blake Snell is fully an ace because I have a different definition of ace as some other people do. I think aces give you length. Aces have low whips. Aces strike out a ton of batters. Blake Snell doesn't necessarily do any of those things at a particularly high level. Does he have the talent and the stuff to be that guy? Yeah. He had a very – he had a Cy Young season. No one's going to take that away from him. Um, but the Rays, baseball's version of West Westworld – scripting games, <laughs> making sure, you know, oh, this guy's facing 18 batters tonight, and that's the end of it. Oh, the next three batters Snell's face, they're 0 for 6 with six strikeouts. Let's go to the bullpen and bring in Nick Anderson, who's given up a run in his last eight appearances. Because why? Because of sample sizes and, oh, this can't happen again. You know, statistically, if this can't happen again, Nick Anderson can't possibly give up a run again. Well, guess what? He did. You scripted a World Series game instead of rolling with the hot hand. And now you have to pay for it. I like Snell taking a shot. I think the Padres are going to do a good job of maximizing his talent and make me look like an idiot for saying that I don't think he's entirely an ace. I hope that's the case. Rooting for him. Partially sad to see him go, like I said, because I love the competitive edge. I love the trash talking. It's always more fun that way. But I'd rather not have him, I guess, doing that at the end of the day. Enjoy the now. He's better against the National League. He has a career like 2.3 ERA and 16 starts in, uh, uh, in interleague play as a member of the Rays. So, Hopefully he can manage to chip away at the Dodgers as uh, the season goes on because that's pretty much the Yankees' biggest competition for the World Series. Yeah, maybe he wasn't yelling fuck in all those end-of-game pictures. Maybe it was these violent delights have violent ends. We just don't know. Um, That is it for this edition of the Yanks Go Yard podcast. Uh, make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you do get your podcasts. You can also find us being quote tweeted by Trevor Bauer in like 20 minutes or so. Uh, I can guarantee you he's going to find this or Rachel Luba. Uh, until next time, I'm Adam Weinrib. You can find me on Twitter at Adam Weinrib. And I'm Thomas Carinante. You can find me at Tommy's underscore takes. Please, as Adam said, send him Please. more mailbags. We got the we got the trade one today. How fun was that to talk about? It's great times. It's fun conversation we need to start speculating because at this point the yankees got to do something but uh otherwise head on over to yanksyard.com yanksyard twitter account at yanksyardfs we'll got we got plenty of stuff there coming for you uh over the next week and this weekend 
Um, and until then, I guess we'll see you in 2021, everyone. Wow. Happy New Year. Didn't even realize that. See ya. Underdog Fantasy is the fastest growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.